Welcome to Peace, Love, and Soup, bringing you significant soups along with culture, cooking, and conversation. Audio nourishment for both the heart and mind. With Brian Delaney and Tavi Fashe Drake. Ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. the pure in heart can make a good soup. Ludwig von Beethoven. Open up the floor so we can talk about all the things It's season two, episode two, and we spent our summer getting to know Generation Z. With all that brightness and energy, we focus on the youth of today in their glorious complexity. They're poets and musicians, activists and free thinkers, fun-loving and kind, and frankly, full of zeal. Join us for a lively roundtable discussion with four recently graduated high school students, Mila, Augie, Sebastian, and Avery. A big shout out to Avery and his band Atlas for providing the music in this show. The adventure continues as we document Verslandia, Portland's annual Grand Slam poetry event, in which slam poet winners from a variety of high schools go head-to-head in a night of poetic glory. We have an exclusive interview with one of the poets, Tave's very own daughter, Lucinda Drake. Our Did You Know segment features the benefits of probiotic drinks, which in turn inspired us to assemble an original chilled health concoction consisting of homemade pickled vegetables, apple cider vinegars, and a sparkling rejuvelac broth. Surprises await. Ready to feel rejuvenated, inspired, and entertained? We give you Generation Z for Zeal Soup. On this beautiful midsummer day in Portland, Oregon, Brian and I have gathered together four young adults from this generation for a little roundtable conversation about multiple topics, including school, social media, and, of course, soup. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Peace, Love, and Soup. Can you please go around the table and introduce yourselves, your age, and how you're all spending this beautiful summer? Let's start with Mila, whom I've proudly known since her very first day of life. Hi, Hi. I'm Mila. Um, I'm 18, and the summer, uh, most of my time is spent working at a summer camp on the coast. My name is Augie. I'm also 18, and I'm spending the summer mostly working at a great outdoor store here in Portland. My name is Sebastian. I'm 18. I spent most of the summer hanging out with friends and working. What kind of work, Sebastian? I work at a restaurant in Selwood. And lastly? Uh, my name's Avery. Uh, I'm also 18. Just, I'm spending most of my summer just playing as much music as I can, getting together with people late nights outside. You yeah. still have a little glitter over your eyes. Was <laughs> yeah. there a, a show you had last night? I just like to get sparkled nice. up sometimes, you know? I, well, we chose the Z word zeal to best describe your generation. Zeal is a noun and means a great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or an objective. Would you agree with this? Or what word comes to mind when you think of your generation? I see a lot of nodding of heads. Avery? Yeah, I think this generation definitely has a lot of thinkers and talkers and people that love to stand up for whatever they're thinking. Well, what about you, Mila? 
I can only speak to my experience in mm -hmm. Portland, but I see so much cool action from the people around me and so many people doing like crazy cool things and making change. Augie, what do you think about that? I don't entirely identify with Generation Z. I like to like push it back a little bit to like being a millennial. I see a lot of younger kids in my generation and I don't really identify with the way they've grown up but been raised and the things they've had access to so early. We were kind of the last people who didn't have phones, didn't have iPads when we were like in third grades. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sebastian? I agree with what Augie said. I remember growing up with VHS tapes. So you grew up in a liberal city and Obama was your president. How are you coping with this sort of change in power? It's hard being young because you feel like the responsibility is on you to do something and I like, don't feel like it's really geared towards young people yet. You don't have like the means yet and like young people feel like they do need to do things. It's just this interesting dynamic. So how do you cope with that feeling? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've um, parents, friends, I don't quite have an answer for that, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. For me, like living in Portland, it's kind of tough because I really don't get to hear any outside view other than the liberal bubble we're kind of in. And then I go online and hear the news, and it's like so much of the country just thinks another way, and it's hard for me to even understand how they can think like that. Yeah, kind of related to what Avery said. I did a trip with my family down to the South. Like, the political culture down there is so different from Portland, and it's just a shock. There's so much, like, Trump apparel and Trump hats, and it's just a big difference. <laughs> Um, the other day, there was a junior at my school who wrote an editorial, and the Oregonian just posted it, and it was about how young conservative individuals aren't getting voice within mm -hmm. school, and it was just interesting, because that was one of the first times that I'd heard someone at my school talk about that. It definitely makes me second-guess myself in the way that I, like, view other people, only because I, like, say all this stuff about being accepting of all views and wanting to hear all sides of the story, but when you're confronted with someone, like, your age or close to you... Like, has such opposing views, my initial reaction is be like, oh, that's stupid. But you have to take a step back and see multiple perspectives, which can be really, really hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. I'm interested in politics, and it's cool to think about, especially right now with the judge turnover. But it is kind of frustrating, even though like I'm 18 now and I can legally be involved, I definitely feel separate from it because it's centered around a generation that has kind of going back to what Augie was saying earlier about how we hear your generation will fix these problems mm -hmm. and yet we're not given really the power, the space as much as older generations. And then we see people in our generation though, like with the whole gun law movement that happened, right? Um, when I saw those young kids in Florida organizing the generation mm -hmm. to take on the elders in power, right? Yeah. it was really impressive. And a lot of adults in our generation supporting them. And these are all these young people that don't necessarily have that same power, mm -hmm. but they're still trying. Totally. You know? Yeah. I'm really curious to see how that's going to change. Mm -hmm. um, anybody else on oh. gun violence? During the school year, in the spring, mm. right after Florida and right after Texas, um, we were talking in a class of mine about all the things that were going on, and it was like a really emotional conversation. And a friend of mine said, school shootings seems like an issue that is connected specifically to our generation mm -hmm. um, because we grew up with it to a point where each time it gets less and less shocking. You know, there was Columbine, and then since then... There's an average of one school shooting a week for all of 2018, and we're halfway through the year. Obviously, there's action being taken by our generation in really awesome and cool ways, but like it hits home for me still because of how close it is. When you go to school every day, that's like as a teacher, um, as a kid, I'm sure as a parent sending your oh kid God. to school. I can't imagine living that 
in my high school, what you guys are going through. Augie? It feels removed still mm-hmm. living in Portland. I'm really lucky that I can say that because mm-hmm. I'm sure there are people who go to school every day and worry about that. Augie, I totally get what you're saying, and I think it sort of speaks to the difference between being fear-based versus being hopeful or prepared, but it's something that we grapple with. When I think back to when I was younger, it was air raid drills and <laughs> earthquake preparedness, you know, getting nuclear, under your... Do you remember the nuclear video they showed us oh, as yeah. kids? Oh, oh, that was actually traumatizing. <laughs> that was traumatizing. Anyway, on to other uplifting topics. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, and not to make light of this because it's a big deal, but I'd like to ask about Me Too movement, or sexual harassment, or being a male who is an advocate for women's rights. Well, last year, my friend Sebastian here and myself, we started a club called Cam Club conversations about masculinity because the more we had conversations with people when these issues were getting brought up like sexual assault and stuff it stems from the issue of hyper masculinity and how that is so prevalent in high school especially all these things that were kind of taught through media and through society what men need to be mm. to add on to what Avery is saying mm. uh two years ago our junior year there was a letter that came out talking about kind of rape culture and toxic masculinity and for a lot of people, me included, it was my first time really hearing about the concept of like boys being boys, quote unquote, or how being raised as a guy can affect how you deal with life and respect women. And last year, we also talked to eighth graders about it. We had like a little class session. It was really insightful and it was good to get that out there. God, I really applaud you bringing that up to the younger kids so that they can have that in their minds just as they're getting into high school years. It was a pretty cool experience to go there because, like, you had your goofballs in the class, of course, but by the end of the conversation, we got everybody to, like, open up to us, honestly, and it was pretty cool. We went twice, once where people of different genders were together, Mm -hmm. and then the second time we went, we separated the classmates to wherever they were comfortable, male-identifying and female-identifying, and... Did they share more when they were separated? Yeah, Mm -hmm. and they really asked a lot of questions. You see so much in songs and social media and posts and music videos and movies Mm -hmm. that are derogatory towards women, but to recognize how they're bad and how Mm -hmm. you don't have to live the life you're hearing about. That's the main thing we try to talk about. Ladies, I guess what I want to share is I'd like to think of myself as a fairly feminine presenting woman, Mm -hmm. and I don't want to have to change that because of fear of sexual harassment or fear of being compromised in some way. That's one thing I like to talk about as far as being a feminist. But being feminine was not something that was synonymous with the feminist movement. Mm -hmm. And so I want to take that back. And that's when choosing to stay home with my children. That's Mm -hmm. a conscious choice I'm making. That's as much feminism as going out and taking a job or being more manly presenting. Basically, being feminine and being a feminist, how do we do that? It's like interesting to me because to me that's not something I think about on a daily basis where I can't be both. I can be whoever I want to be, dress however I want, you know. Mm-hmm. Mila? I like totally agree and it's interesting to look back on different phases within my life. Like I remember in middle school especially I went through this phase <laughs> where I like I wanted to be really hardcore. I shied away from things that were feminine. Um, You're skipping over your princess phase. Right. Well, uh, that happened, too, (laughs) when I was younger. And then in middle school, that's when a lot of kids become more aware, even subconsciously, of gender differences within society. And so I kind of subconsciously shut down a lot of feminine parts of myself because being girly is seen as a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's like if you're a girly girl when you're little, you get teased for it. So we have stereotypes like, oh, basic girl. 
Um, and even when you look at different people expressing their genders, what I've noticed at least is that a guy who presents himself in more stereotypically feminine ways will get teased more often than a girl who is more masculine mm -hmm. because femininity is seen as a weakness and as a bad thing in our culture. That's where our mindset needs to shift to where like feminine does not equate to weak, no matter who's expressing it. Here, here, snaps to that. Yeah. Kind of speaking to what Mila was saying, not only femininity, but vulnerability in general, whether that's just being open emotionally, cry or whatever it is, switching that from a weakness to mm. strength could benefit, I think, everyone. Here, here, again. Yeah. It's great that you yeah. say that. I love being a woman, but I also can be pretty badass. A lot of the things that I do don't always match up with a really like girly persona, but I still put that on and I still present however feminine I want to present. And like, I did CrossFit for four years. I do search and rescue, I rock climb. For a while I wanted to go into law enforcement because I felt like there's not enough young liberal feminine girls in that field. And like, I want to do that. Yeah. Mila or Augie, have you hit any walls in your young age? I feel like underrated because I'm a girl sometimes. Mm -hmm. Just an example is we do this really long hike where we hike for like hours. And my friend Lainey was our training outing. And one of the guys in her group was like, when I saw that she was going to be our leader, he was like, oh, she's going to have a hard time keeping up with us. And I was like, excuse me, like, she worked so hard to be as in shape and as badass as she is. He just underestimated her just because she's a girl. And that's just like so common. Yeah, it shows you how embedded these sorts of things are, right? I mean, I love to be like, whatever, like, I'm going to do all this construction work and hold on, I'm going to pop a little lipstick on. Yeah. And then just yeah. as a statement, I guess, mm -hmm. one does not equate the other. Mila, will you describe the shirt I wore today? Yeah, so Brian is wearing a shirt that I designed my sophomore year of high school as an advocacy project in a class I took called Epic World Issues. Um, the front says one in three, not just numbers, more than statistics. And the back says end violence against women. And I think violence against women is something that throughout my entire high school career I've returned to over and over again, just as something that I'm very passionate about. And so returning back to that stereotype of liberalism in Portland, a lot of times we undermine how prevalent that issue still is here too. Even though we talk about violence against women and sexual assault and even just sexism so much more than we used to and we're making so much progress in incredible ways, I still hear girls and women being ignored, being undermined. I still see it all the time. At first, I just did it for the project, and I made 10. The reaction was really slow, and people were like, well, whatever, whatever. But then after I did my presentation on it, I got an enormous amount of response from my school community. And so I talked to my teacher about it, who was teaching the class, and she encouraged me to continue it the next year. And so for the entire junior year, I kept ordering more and selling them around my community and then made a donation last January, actually, to our local Planned Parenthood chapter. Nice. Um, yeah, and it was really cool to see like how many messages I got and like how many people really want to advocate for this. Like that was really awesome. And you alone made that happen. Yeah, and it totally taught me how possible it is for an individual to make a difference. I have like get into this cycle a lot personally of, oh, I'm a young person, what can I do? But if you have something you're passionate about, you can definitely make it happen. Generation Zeal. There you have it. Well, let's Sorry. talk about high school. Yeah. Every one of you graduated. Mm -hmm. yep. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. I'm very relieved and excited. Yeah. Well, what was high school like for you? 
It's weird. Weird? <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. Super weird. It's such a strange four years of everyone's life. Socialize and also <laughs> learn. Like, <laughs> <laughs> talked about this so many times. So many times. You're literally just in this big brick building for six, seven hours a day with like a thousand other kids. We're all going through these weird hormone changes, and everyone has social media. <laughs> like, hmm. well, what are parties like? We're not young and going to them, so <laughs> we'd love to get a little uh, window into that. As far as the scene, like what it's all like, there is a lot of park parties. Yeah. Um, park parties are very dark. Juicy. You can't really see who you're talking cool. to. Cool. Usually rainy. Yeah. You know, if a party is someone's house, you usually know them. A park party is more just like, you just go and hope you know someone there. Multiple schools at a park party? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. yeah. Sometimes. So how big? How many people are we talking? I mean, it can vary. Sometimes there'll be like, you know, two to three hundred people or something. What? Uh, that can be really oh. big. I like Rose City. That can be but... really big. Augie and I like to dance at parties. Sometimes you go to one, everyone's dancing, and sometimes yeah. no one dances and they're just standing there and you're like, what? <laughs> what's happening right now? <laughs> Music's going on, but nobody's yeah. dancing. Yeah. So Avery, you're in a band, right? Oh, yeah. Talk to us yeah. about your band. Well, I've been playing music with a few friends of mine for many years. We're in a band called the Castaway Kids. And then uh, sophomore year, our lead singer went away to Chicago. And we were like, we still want to play together, right? So we made a group called Atlas, A-T-L-E-S-S. And we've just been playing shows. We recorded an album, a few music videos. It's just a lot of fun. Any of the rest of you play an instrument? I play guitar, but not very well. <laughs> my mom's a musician, so I've just grown up with music in my house. Yeah, music has been a big part of my life for a while, even though I've never played. I was just going to say, I think our first, when we became friends, like, all we talked about was music. Yeah. Yeah. What sort of bands do you listen to? Name some. I think one of my favorite, probably, maybe ever, is Frank Ocean. Angst Battle. Vampire Weekend. Mm, So many. You and I just saw Anderson Pack. Oh. He's probably my favorite of all. Probably also my Yeah, he's an amazing performer. No, he's so good. And I don't know, I feel like I definitely listen to a variety of music. In the past few years, I've gotten very into hip-hop and rap and stuff. Mm -hmm. I definitely get into different moods. When I'm in the shower, man, I'm just listening to some trap music. Right? Mm-hmm. When I'm like yeah. washing dishes, I listen to a lot of like Bonnie Vare. Mm-hmm. Me and I like kind of met him, kind of danced with him. Who? Bonnie Vare. Where? At Sasquatch. What? It was crazy. <laughs> we made friends with his security guards, and they were like, he never has fun. Come get him to dance with you. Rock on. Yeah. Did Rock they say on, that? Brother. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a lot of local, like, Portland artists that I think are really just incredible. I listen to a lot of Sad Rad, who's my friend Eli, and this band called Laundry. And I think there's a really cool scene that's right here where we live. This is in the under-20s crowd? Yeah, and there's a nonprofit in Portland called Friends of Noise that I worked with for a while. They're an incredible group of individuals who put on events for all. Their goal is actually to build a venue with a studio and a stage that would be for all ages. Nice. Portland does have an incredible music scene, both men and women. And I love hearing that it's a big deal with the under 21 crowd. Yeah. Mm. What about dating? Do you go out in groups or do you date one-on-one or how does that work? I don't know if many people date anymore. That word's like not thrown around a lot. It isn't. There's so many different words for like if you're with somebody else, Mm -hmm. like you're with them or you're... You got a thing. You got a thing, you're you're hooking up, you're hanging out. (laughs) Recently, I was hanging out with a guy, (laughs) and like it was a really interesting situation for both of us because we got together and went on a date, and I feel like that's pretty rare nowadays, like unless you're already together with that person. And we would talk about how like old we felt because we were on a date. And how is it for your parents? 
They're like, okay, so you're dating. I was like, no. <laughs> I feel like that word to me has a lot of weight. Yeah. Could you describe that a little bit? I'm curious. If you're a thing with somebody or hanging out with somebody, to an outsider, it doesn't look that much different than going on a date with them. Mm -hmm. I yeah. think it's really just the label you give it. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Why are we so hung up on labels? I know. Is it just <laughs> you're just being friends, but then there's just maybe more going on? It just adds yeah. a yeah. level of like borders to it. I just don't like that. I just want to view it as my own thing. And if I call it something that other people already have like associations with, then mm -hmm. it'll be put into this little box of what it's supposed to be when it can just be whenever it wants. Well, your generation seems to be uh, more accepting of like a fluid sexuality, no labels, gay, straight, bi. But I think you're right that there's definitely a lot more fluidity and it's prevalent within high school, but there's still hidden stigma around sexuality oh, okay. and stuff. Well, mm. I guess it does depend who you're talking to. My friends are accepting, they're incredible people. I think people just do the things they want to do and don't have to call it anything. Yeah. So again, no labels. I like this. Yeah, it's nice. It is nice. Yeah, true. I grew up not really thinking about like gay or straight because I have two moms and I just didn't even think there was a difference because that was my world. You call one of your mom's mom and the other one... I call my other mom Mumu okay. because she's Dutch and the Dutch word for mom is Mooder and I couldn't say that when I was little so we shortened it. Slang. Yeah. <laughs> Give us some slang terms. Do you want me to just like spit here, here. them off? We have a long list. Go for it. Okay. Fire, icy, swag, cutty, thick, bet, beg, glow up, lit, turn up, goat, extra, salty, sus, fam, bruh, low-key, high-key, I'm weak, I'm dead, on gauze, squad, gang, flag, Gucci, skirt, thirsty, smash, savage, AF, RT, on fleek, suh, rad, dope, slumped, slumped, woke, <laughs> sloshed, gone, cray-cray, funk, addy, finesse, bunked, gas, sip, sip, neck, cross, send it, full, send, Knocked. Double parked. Double, Double parked. parked. Double parked. Wow. Double park, what's that? Okay. <laughs> it means the same as thick. Coined we that. kind of coined it yeah. a little bit. Oh, cool. Everybody's saying it. <laughs> <laughs> and what's thick? Is thick like fat, like P-H-A-T? No, it's, it's like a, you uh, got a big booty. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the junk in your trunk. Junk yeah. Junk in your trunk. Uh, okay, oh. okay. What's your particular favorite? You use it Shoot. all the time. They start ironic, and then you say them all the time, and you're like, it's not ironic anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, I think a lot of it comes from texting and mm -hmm. shortening what you're saying to people. Mm -hmm. Some of it comes from, like, meme culture. Okay. Like, just, like, a meme on the internet. Talk to us about meme culture. Jokes on the internet, like funny images Dread. relating to like pop culture or even phrases. Isn't there like a visual aspect and then usually like some text written over it or under? Yeah. That's yeah. like generally what a meme like is. Like a person can be a but meme. Like something a happens and you're like, that's a meme. It's really hard a to explain. A word can be a meme. Huh. An action can be a meme. <laughs> Mila is a meme. Mila's a meme. Mila's a meme. A good meme is relatable. It's like, oh, that's true. I like full send. Yeah, full send. Like sending it. It's like, go for it. Just send, send it. it. We use it at my okay. work nice. a lot. I'm like, oh, can I do this? And my boss is like, yeah, send it. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be my new favorite because I always love to talk about everybody should just be stepping into themselves. Just like, step it. into send yourself. Sending it. You're just sending it. Send yeah. it, man. Wow. Send it. Augie, do you have a favorite slang other than send? I don't know. I like the slang that my mom picks up for me and uses. Like, <laughs> those become my favorites. She uses swoop a lot, which yeah, I love when she does. One. What does that mean? It's like to pick up. Usually in cars, like come. Can you swoop? Oh, can you swoop? Can you come pick me up? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. This is so fascinating. You, do you have one, Sebastian? I think low key is a pretty versatile one. Low key, I just want to say, it's like, like you don't want to be bit. super strong about something. <laughs> yeah, I and use low key. Do you? Yeah. Oh. Knocked. And knocked means like asleep or 
passed out from intoxication. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Slumped. You're slumped. Slumped. So like, you know how you were mentioning in texting, LOL, mm-hmm. like, do you have people saying LOL? I do that and it's awful. I hate in person? it. I say TBH. I, I say TBH. What's TBH? To be honest. To be honest. Okay. Yeah. I've heard BRB, be right back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My license plate is 911 DTF. <laughs> <laughs> What's DTF? Down to. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's really funny. That's you not... chose that or they gave it? No, that? it was given to my, it's actually my parents' car. If they don't know. Yeah. Well, they might after they listen to this, but. Yeah. That's friggin' That's fantastic. All right, wait, so. Wait. I personally always hated this as a kid, and maybe you guys get this. What do you want to be when you grow up? I get that now, and I still hate I that. I know. I just... <laughs> uh, but do you have any immediate future plans? Like, what does the next year look like for y'all? And or career. Um, personally, I was trying to find a way to, like, keep music in my life, like, for the rest of my life. And I didn't really want to count on a music career for money. So I found audio engineering. Huge interest in that. So I'm working at a place that sells mics and speakers and stuff and taking classes next year. So I'm going to dive into that field. Great. Yeah. Ladies? Women? Hmm. Others? <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm definitely still figuring it out. Next year, I'm taking a gap year to travel and stuff. As of right now, working with kids is definitely one of my biggest passions and teaching. I really feel it's in my future, but I can't see myself doing one thing for my whole life. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe afterwards, journalism. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm also taking a gap year. I'm staying in Portland for part of the year, and then I'm going to meet Mila in Europe, and we're going to travel oh. some. We're going to college together after. Oh, yeah. Hey. My dream job would be to work for Knowles as a mm-hmm. wilderness guide or, like, in their more medical classes that they offer and find a way to connect it with wilderness therapy. That would be, like, really cool to me. That's, like, first step. And then I want to study communications and do something creative and writing. Cool. And yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> Everyone else has some idea, but I have huh? no idea. I'm going to college undecided. I'm kind of interested in marketing, but... Yeah, no, I love that we've got all spectrums. Well, let's talk soup. Yes. Anybody have any favorite soups? Man, a good noodle soup. Um, favorite soup is probably, like, in the weeks after Thanksgiving with the turkey boiled down mm. in the soup. Mm. That's so good. Like turkey broth. Yeah, turkey broth okay. is so fatty. Mm. Pho. Oh, oh, so so good. Good. Also, uh, <laughs> Tom Yum mm-hmm. is a Thai soup, mm. so good. And when you go to Spain, make sure to try the gazpacho. It's so good. Well, I know this conversation could go on forever, but thank you guys a zillion times for coming. <laughs> Avery, Mila, Augie, and Sebastian, we've had a blast. Thank you. Thank, thank, you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Go out and spread all of the peace, love, soup, and, of course, zeal with the rest of the world. And thanks for being with us today. Peace, love, and soup. Hey, you! Hey, hey, wake up! Hey, These kids in Generation Z have so many talents. As a musician myself, I'm particularly inspired by Avery's band, At Less. Here's a cut from their album, In My Head. Enjoy. This dry ass I can't breathe I'm a dry ass matter You wish you could be Oh, I've been feeling so tired You put my eyes to Wish I could see you, but you 
Did you know probiotics are good bacteria? Think lactobacillus found in yogurt and other fermented things like kombucha, apple cider vinegar, rejuvelac, and sauerkraut. They strengthen your gut lining, aiding in the absorption of nutrients. They create stronger skin, hair, nails, and an improved immune system. Not so fun fact. Many factors can lead to gut imbalances, including eating processed foods and foods that contain antibiotics such as factory farm meat and dairy. When you are prescribed antibiotics, they kill off not only the bad bacteria, but the good bacteria too, leaving you susceptible to reinfection. Only take antibiotics if necessary, and when you do, be sure to include them with your new favorite probiotic. Did you know kombucha is a centuries-old living health drink? The French call it the champagne of life, la champagne de vie. It's made by fermenting tea and sugar with a SCOBY culture, which is a mixture of yeast and bacteria. As it ferments, the SCOBY consumes the sugar and provides a very tangy probiotic drink. Kombucha has been known for its health benefits, which assist in the detoxification process. It contains lots of B vitamins and amino acids. It improves digestion, boosts the immune system, relieves headaches, migraines, and joint pain. Fun fact, a SCOBY stands for Symbiotic Culture of Bacteria and Yeast. Hmm. Some SCOBYs float. Some start as globs that hover near the bottom of live liquid. Some have brown stringy bits that hang from them. Either way, they are pretty awesome. Extra fun fact, each time you make a new batch of kombucha, a new SCOBY baby is made and you can share it with a friend. Now how nice is that? Did you know apple cider vinegar is made from fresh crushed apples or juice allowed to sit out with a vinegar SCOBY which boosts its natural fermentation qualities? Sipping vinegars are all the rage and can be made by using other juices as well. Fun health fact, the benefits of sipping vinegars or drinking apple cider vinegar cut with water include it kills bad bacteria, lowers blood sugar, promotes digestive processes, it assists with detoxification, and oddly enough, reduces acid reflux by balancing out your body's pH levels. Note. The commercially refined vinegars which have been distilled do not provide the same benefits. Did you know Rejuvelac is a mild fermented beverage that is inexpensive and very easy to make? It is made by fermenting sprouted camet, wheat berries, quinoa, and other grains soaked in water for three to seven days. It's loaded with vitamin B and B12, vitamin K and E. It has proteins and enzymes to improve skin and promote anti-inflammatory properties, counters allergies, and helps eliminate candida. If you don't eat grains, you can also make Rejuvelac with shredded cabbage and filtered water. Not to be confused with that other yummy probiotic food, sauerkraut, which is made from nothing more than chopped cabbage, massaged with salt, and set aside to ferment for several weeks. Did you know John is similar to kombucha, but it's made using green tea and honey rather than black tea and sugar? John has its own scoby that is a very close cousin to the mother used to make vinegar. And finally, Dr. Fauché's word of warning. As with anything health-related, check with your doctor if you have a weakened immune system, are pregnant or breastfeeding, and or if you're recovering from addiction. Thanks, Dr. Fauché. You're welcome. I know I
what a day. What a day, ladies and gentlemen, have I got something special for you. Step right up, step right up. Not you, kid. You bother me. You kind sir. Hello? Yeah, you, the bald guy. Come on, right up here. Welcome to Dr. Fashe's Emporium of Concoctions for Peace, Love, and Soup. Are you ready to feel rejuvenated, young, and full of vim and vigor, zest, and zeal? Uh, yes? Well, have I got a soup for you. I've got a soup for you, Do boy. Tell. I'm gonna show you how to make a rejuvenating chilled vegetable soup for summer. Served any time of year, it's full of vitamins, minerals, and beneficial bacteria for good gut health. Say you later salads and use silly outdated smoothies. Hmm, my interest is peaked. What's with all the jars? Well, funny you should ask. <laughs> what are we recording? <laughs> Hi, Ryan, it's me. Hi, Tommy. <laughs> you threw me with the top hat. By the way, has anybody ever told you you have schizophrenic tendencies? <laughs> this is how we ward off depression, people. <laughs> We've got to. There's so much cloud Totally. Cover. We have a show to record. <laughs> Oh, boy. Here's the true story. Let's do this. I kept thinking I wanted to make a cool, thin, brothy vegetable soup for summer. Something different. So I thought, what about a probiotic? Perhaps a rejuvelac. Like kimchi or kombucha. Exactly. We've never done anything like that before. No, it's so fun. And I'd never seen it in soup form. Have you? No, that's great. What a wonderful idea. I'm so glad. I thought you Mm -hmm. might like that. Mm -hmm. And since we're focusing on freshness and youth in this episode, I had the idea to create an effervescent soup using a cabbage rejuvelac liquid and a variety of vegetables pickled in my homemade apple cider vinegar. It sounds difficult. Super easy. Oh, okay. I started started by loosely filling this half-gallon jar here with shredded cabbage and filtered water. We're not heating any of this, so in order to get a tight seal, which will prevent any of the liquid from bubbling out, you need to cover the mouth of the jar with plastic wrap first and then screw on the lid really tight. I let it sit up for three days at room temperature to ferment, and then it becomes a grain-free rejuvelac. How cool. And now what about these four colorful pint-sized jars? Are they the pickled vegetables you mentioned? Indeed they are. Uh Let me show you. The first one is full of purple cauliflower florets. It's beautiful. Thank you. And the second one has Italian parsley and shredded tri-colored carrots. Mm -hmm. The third contains sliced button mushrooms. And the fourth is a combination of kale and mixed field greens or lettuces. You can use any vegetables you like or any combination of vegetables for that matter. Variety. Spice of life, just like Generation Z. Right. And each one is filled to just below the top with that live cider vinegar. And then did you let these sit out on the counter as you did the cabbage rejuvelac to ferment? Yes, I did. (laughs) They were out for two days and then I put them in the refrigerator. And that's it. So simple. I love it. I love the popping sound when they open. Are we going to now combine them all to make the soup? Yeah, I thought we could each make a bowl. We'd do it tapas style. Like a salad bar. Yeah, we could start with the rejuvelac liquid as the base, straining out the cabbage to get the sparkling liquid to use as a cool broth. And if you like, you can use a tablespoon or two of what are now vegetable sipping vinegars also. Or souping vinegars. Yes, some soup humor. <laughs> um, well, let's put that base into these beautiful textured ceramic bowls that Lucinda just threw. Did she make these bowls too? Mm-hmm. Uh, She's wow. multi-talented. She's that generation. This is such a great concept, Tave. Good job at you. Oh, shucks. <laughs> well, you know how I like color. So I'm totally going to use some of this vibrant purple vinegar and cauliflower 
toss in a little cabbage, some carrots. Ooh, that's so pretty. And for a variety, I'll do a mixed palette. I'll just spoon out these pickled vegetables themselves. Parsley, mushrooms, kale, greens, some carrots. And I'm going to also put into mine some of that cabbage from the rejuvelac. All right. Now let's not forget the garnishes. Oh, Now God, we have no. some spiraled yellow and green zucchini for Generation Z. Yes, because we're so funny. And then we bought dried beet chips. They're going to look so great floating on top of my soup for a little extra texture. Oh, I'm putting the little shaved zucchinis. Oh, yeah. That looks great. Mm -hmm. Throw this on top. I love it. I like it, too. I love all the colors that we ended up with. And we can garnish as we desire and then serve. Topping with salt as you see fit. But you don't really need to unless it's for electrolytes to beat the heat. Let's taste. Delicious. Crisp, crunchy. Yes, different textures. Cool. Kind of tastes like a dressed salad. Love. And beautiful. I feel young already. Oh, well, hey. I want to run out the door. I know. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> and voila, rejuvenating soup. Like these kids, it's original, unexpected, and bubbling with goodness. And colorful. But you know what, Tavi? To get the full picture, though, they really have to see the pictures. They really do. They're posted online. I feel like we're kind of on to something here. Why don't you all make a Generation Z soup? Right. Post it to Instagram. Hashtag Generation Zeal. Hashtag Peace, Love, and Soup. Peace, love, and soup. I'll give you some peace, love, and soup. You've been listening to it here with Brian the Bald Guy and Dr. Frashay. Stick around for more culture, cooking, and conversation. Take you out and leave, no I won't, I won't leave you in the dark Come on, come on, take my heart and run it Come on, come on, just sleep in the dark Yeah, I won't, I won't take you out and leave, no I won't, I won't leave you in the dark Tonight, Peace, Love, and Soup is at the Arlene Schnitzer Hall in downtown Portland for the 7th Annual Burstlandia Poetry Slam. Celebrating Portland's creative youth, presented by Literary Arts. Following the same rules as the National Poetry Slams, students must perform original works without props, costumes, or music in front of a panel of judges and a live audience. Five students with the top scores will walk away with great prizes, but only one will be the champion. I'm really excited, and this is a beautiful concert hall. It's an amazing thing that all of these students get to be here and have an opportunity to really show their talents. Your daughter is a contestant on tonight's Firstlandia. What has she done to prepare herself? I don't know if I'm at liberty to say. I know there was definitely a lot of nail-biting by the mother and father. Let's go talk to some of the people lined up right now. Welcome to Verslandia. Have you ever been before? I have not. I'm sensing an accent. Do they do poetry slams in your world? I'm from Zimbabwe. Yes. We were taught poetry in school, recitations of poetry, but not slams. What do you think of the young generation, Generation Z? 
and I'm impressed. I think they're much more aware of the world. I think they have a social conscience, which I certainly didn't at their age. All in all, I'm hopeful, and plus I think most young people are lean to the left, so that makes me happy. What do you think of your generation? I feel like there's been a lot of uproar and motivation to change things. Have you ever been to Verslandia before? No. This is our first time. My daughter is performing. She won first place at Jefferson High School, so we're here to support her. I'm Tegan. And I'm Wyatt, his brother. Do either of you slam? No, I've never done it, but I was going to try it for the first time this year. I was like a little nervous, but hopefully maybe next year. What do you think makes slamming so popular these days? Ooh. I feel like people really like the performance aspect. Um, right before she died, I went and saw Ursula K. Le Guin reading some of her poetry, and that was kind of cool to like see her read it. I think poetry is like a big part of the arts. It's like a big thing in my family as well. So, have you slammed before? No, I'm 11. I want no. to though. You are you a slammer? No, I like to write thoughts and get it out on paper. Do you have a favorite poet? Um, Maya Angelou. What brings you here tonight? Over with Step Up. Step Up. Step Up is an after school program. It's a place where you feel welcome and you feel like you're at home. They're not there to judge you, but to support you and build you up as a human being. Good job. And you, kind sir? What do you think makes poetry slamming so popular? It's just a beautiful way for students to be able to express their voice in ways that maybe they're not able to express at school or at home. Are you a teacher at one of the schools? Actually a step up advocate. And part of what we do is tutoring and then just providing them with opportunities to come check out events like this so that hopefully they can begin to see that they can also express themselves in this way. This is our librarian, Sunny Childs from Franklin High School. How are you guys doing? We're wonderful. How are you doing? I'm excited for a bunch of different reasons. I love Verslandia. I think it's amazing that we've been able to establish this tradition and it's going to stick. I've got a great team of teachers that work with us to put the slam on and always a great group of interesting kids who are charming and smart, right? So they keep setting the bar. It's delightful. I just, I feel very blessed. Sonny, I'd like to thank you for the work you do. It's an amazing thing to have librarians as dedicated as you are and to help foster our children become their best selves and get out into the world. So there's hope for the future. Oh yeah. I can't wait for tonight. Let's go inside. Hello! Humans of varying shapes, sizes, colors, genders, and hearts, welcome to the seventh verse Landia! Please put your hearts together and applaud all the 22 young poets up onto this microphone tonight. As well as all the librarians and all the schools around this Portland city. Poets, are y'all good to go? Audience, are y'all good to go? Alright, let's do this. Please welcome to the stage the first poet of the night, Pocket. The last couple months, I've been numbering my thoughts. In between, I've been drawing lines and connecting dots for people I've got a lot of trouble explaining my mentality. I'm so deep into this shit, you can make the bowl out of me. But I'm honest of my honesty. So honestly, I'm no genius. I have quietness and fear of interpretation just like anybody else. It's just an every tick and every talk, every step we walk, just another second where we go. 
So from the here and now to the there and then, just want to get it through to you. Anybody can do what I do. It's no taboo, juju, hocus pocus, magic, voodoo. It's just everything I think I thought I knew, I knew I think I thought. So I bring brought these weirder thoughts in every conversation, every trial, tribulation. Well, that's just another chance, another demonstration of geniusness. Because that's all this unneededly, torturously, redeemably redundant and overcomplication of language is. Me. Trying to be amazing. <laughs> trying to be genius. For you. But it's meaningless. This will persist just the sum total of some something someone once said. But meaninglessness is meaningless too, isn't it? Right now, we're alive, not cuckoo. See, I want me to be the me I want me to be, same way I want you wanting you to be the you you want to. Living as we've nothing more to offer but everything to give. As if every moment lived at the next was simply for the context. Forget pretext, simply speak as you've never been spoken to. Scream, shout, yell, tell the world everything you wish to. Because even the hours feel against like it's a further distance, you move, so move. If you've got something to prove, prove it. I've met too many people worried of too many possibilities. What if, what if, what if he, she, them, they? What if they say no? What if I can't do it? What if I'm not honest enough to make them feel what I feel? To make them see what I see? What if you, what if me? But the answer will always be, just shut up. <laughs> Try to be you. For even though we may never know what any of this had ever meant, it must have been genius. It was you. <laughs> Applaud the poet. And please put your hands together and welcome to the stage the next poet, Lucinda. I'm a bit of a crier. In fact, I'm sort of an expert on the matter. I've done my time, I've got my masters. If I wanted, I could charge a hundred bucks to teach a class, but I've decided to be generous with my learnings and instead devise a list for all you people who are yearning for some clarity on the matter. A list of where's and where nots, a list of how's and how nots, a list of Lucinda's top five all occasion best and worst places to cry. I will start with the worst. Number five on a college tour. Preferably if you make the other parents and their kids uncomfortable, I bet they thought it was the financial aid that made me so emotional. I saw no reason to correct them. Number four on stage. Preferably if you play it off like an artistic choice. Who knew tree number four had such a complex character backstory? <gasps> Maybe she's gonna be the next upcoming prodigy. Nope, something's just wrong psychologically. <laughs> Number three, in the freezer section of a Fred Myers. Preferably while clutching a bad rotisserie chicken to your chest. The employees kept asking if I needed any help. I'll give you a hint. I did. Number two, on camera. Preferably if it ends up on social media afterwards. I'll tell you right now, puffy eyes are not attractive qualities. Number one, at somebody else's birthday party, preferably while eating their entire birthday cake. But don't feel too bad. They'll get another next year. I hope. Sorry, Grandma. <laughs> I know those sound rough, but don't worry. 
worry. It's not all as bad as it seems. There are plenty of ways to relieve your feelings while still retaining your dignity. So let's move on to the top five better places to cry. Number five, all alone. While being accompanied by sad music, if you try hard enough, it's almost as if you're in an indie movie and, well, you sort of are. <laughs> Number four, on a bench in the park, while holding a loaf of bread, the pigeons won't mind your wallowing and they will appreciate your weepy crumbs. Number three, in the rain, on somebody's porch in an act of love, if you're lucky, as the protagonist in a rom-com, but either way, the rain will disguise your tears or at least wash them away. Number two, in the bath while eating ice cream out of the carton, drown your feelings in the warm water, numb your hurt with a pity Sunday, and now, Number one, in the arms of someone who cares while they are crying too. But out of love and not of pity and out of strength and not of shame. Thank you. Applaud the poet. And let's keep that energy going and bring up the next poet, Nicole. <laughs> Black women are the epitome of enigma, the personification of perfection. I said the personification of perfection. Beauty in the eye of every beholder. And for far too long, y'all have been asleep, so as I spill this tea, sip this Folgers. I am subconsciously sublime and like wine, I just get better with time because I am carrying the weight of my ancestors on my back and I am nowhere near oblivious to the fact that society just wants me to lay on my back, do crack and have a couple babies. A white man could shoot me and I would go to jail first for saying it's shady. Nefertiti, Cleopatra, Harriet, Sojourner, Ruby Bridges. Rosa Parks, Coretta King, Yella, who I look up to, who I speak to from my knees. So I ask you, I beg kindly when I am tripping, guide me, remind me, tell me that I am a black queen and from everything I could have been born, I was born looking like you from the way that my skin gleams in the sun to the way the world curl off of my tongue. I am who they desire and to which y'all aspire. Tell me I'm pretty, I'm worth it, I deserve it because in a world like this, in a place like this, with a face like this and a shape like this, I am always a target. Whether it be from the men who think my consent is up for bargain or for the women who hate me for the way that I look and then pay thousands for the body that I inherited. From the die-hard Americans who find it imperative to remind me that I do not belong in a place that I did not ask to be. The most disrespected woman in America is the black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. And the most neglected person in America is the black woman. And that f***ing sucks because the love, the brains, the beauty, and the care of a black woman is something that many cannot touch yet. Too often I hear the stereotype that we are ghetto or down on our luck. So just in case you were wondering, 43 out of 50 black women graduate high school and that is 86 percent and when it comes to money business is booming with a 322 percent rise in black female owned businesses since 1997 so black 
girls in college surpasses any other race in, and that includes America's prized white men, so using that uneducated jab, you not gonna win. <laughs> I could mention the paper bags, collar ID, windshield wipers, diapers, the heater, the brush, half the things that you and I need, we invented, yet we are still not worthy of love, protection, affection, but karma gonna come around and you'll learn your lesson. Get up from the floor. And please keep that energy going and let's bring up the last poet, Jolly Rapper. This poem is titled, The Risk I Dared Take. In the kitchen is where my mother was, wearing her favorite gravy-stained apron, over and up her buttoned-up button-up. Yeah, that shirt she wore when she was painting, she always wore that shirt. Why? It had me puzzled much. Like, did she not notice the buttons were breaking? Though the shirt was creased and roughened up, it's always been here, she just couldn't replace it. Why do you always worry so much? Quit acting like you really won't make it. She said to me as she was making me lunch, oh, I'm not worried, you must be mistaken. It's just these lyrics and ideas that I keep bundled up in my mind seem to be making me anxious. I know these lyrics are very much, but soon these are what will be making me famous. I peeked over her shoulder, leaned over the open drawer full of old knives that were dull and broken. Without knowing it, I nose dove into a home full aroma that arose from the warm stove. And, by the way, Mom, what you making? Nudging me out the way, she sounded irritated. Sorry, but you have to keep waiting. I'm making your favorite. I'm cooking. Quit pacing. I'm playing. Be patient. I wondered, what's the occasion? Got tired of waiting. I just couldn't take it. Smelled so good I could basically taste it. My stomach was aching. That food I was craving turned the corner and the sight was amazing. <laughs> now, I'm not exaggerating when I say that day I started fainting. Gazing in amazement, her creations had me changing faces. Went from nappy and bland to happy and glad. Listen to eggs get cracked on the pan. Glistening eggs go splash on the pan. Sizzling eggs go cracking and splat on the pan. Witness potatoes get slashed in the halves. So many memories that I have had with that pan. Seeing my mother gripping the pan with her withering hands, flipping and whipping and tipping the pan, seeing how quickly it switched in her hands. You can't begin to imagine or fathom the way that she handled the pan. Knew the kitchen like the back of her hand. I was plotting and planning the actions of snatching the snacks in the back of the cabinet, taking my chances and acting a savage. Would this catastrophe actually happen? That was my last thought. Passing the asking when grabbing the glass jar. But accidents happened. Gas as I managed to make a gigantic glass fall. She wasn't that far, shattered in half of a second, as loud as a crack in the asphalt. Oh snap, it just happened. That is the last straw. She snapped it and started slapping and smacking the back of my hand hard. But those homemade cookies were the risk I dared take. Give it up for Jolly Rapper. So, without further ado, coming in third, we have Jolly Rapper. In second place, Nicole. And your first place winner for 2018 Verslandia, put it together for Lucinda.
see you next year. Well, it's been a few months since Verslandia 2018 crowned its winner, Miss Lucinda Drake, and she's here with us today in the studio, joined by her lovely, proud mother, Peace Love and Suit's very own co-soupier. Ooh, I like soupier. Tave Fashe Drake. Hello, ladies. Hey. Hi. Well, first off, Lucinda, congratulations on mm. winning Verslandia this year. Why, thank you very much. Can you take us back to that night? How did you feel? Were you nervous? I was very nervous, but mostly shocked. And they were calling out their names in fifth place, in fourth place. I'm a little not shocked. And then when they were like, second place, Sneaky, and then in first place, Lucinda. And I was like, I'm going to vomit. <laughs> but I didn't. Yay. And that was cool. Are you normally nervous? I don't find you normally nervous. Well, I, I don't do a lot of performance of this sort. This was the first poetry slam I'd ever done. I've performed before, but you have lines prepared, and you didn't write them. Someone else wrote them, so it's a lot less scary. I just had to keep telling myself, yeah, the point is not the points. The point is the poetry. Could you tell how well the other contestants were doing, or were you too much in your head to sit and enjoy their performances? Oh, no. The whole time I was just like, everyone's killing it. Wow. They are rock stars. People all around me were so on your team. Oh Could you stop. feel that? No, I'm not <laughs> lying to you. Did you love that attention? Oh, yeah. My friend told me a story once. She does dance, and mm -hmm. her instructor was like, now why do we perform? And they were like, because um, we like to make people feel things. And she was like, no, because it's how we share our voices. And she was like, fellas, why do we really perform? <laughs> because we like being clapped at. And she was like, yes, we perform because we like being clapped at. And I think about that a lot because I sure do like being clapped at. I like when you told me afterwards, I just wish somebody would just walk around and just clap at me periodically. Like, yeah. Just like someone will walk around behind me and have a little spotlight and be like, woo, you're doing great. And I'm like, thanks. I just brushed my teeth. Good job, me. So Tavi, tell me from your experience, you were watching your daughter up there, loved by the crowd. I was just so delighted that she had done so well at her school and was able to go to Verslandia the utter surprise of the whole thing, along with just all of the emotion. It was overwhelming and fantastic. And then at the end, when they announced the winner, I literally screamed. It was probably what being at a Beatles concert was like, because I was, <laughs> I screamed so loud right in my husband's face. We made that child, we made her. Oh my gosh, so there was a couple and they reached out to me via Instagram and they were like, we were sitting right behind your parents, and they were so cute. When we heard you won, they were just screaming, we made that, we made that. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like them. That doesn't surprise me. The pieces you wrote, did they come easy to you? And also, you use humor very well to experience something that probably wasn't so fun when you went through it. Or is there some fiction involved? The first poem I did at Verslandia, The Best and Worst Places to Cry, I wrote right after a college tour, and I was so sad. I was so depressed and feeling things. And I wonder what the other kids touring were thinking, and they were probably like, look at this wacko. Like, <laughs> like she's in tears. And I was like, well, that kind of sucks. I've probably cried in a lot of places. I can write a poem about that. Well, and I imagine you're speaking for your generation, too. Yeah, everyone was yeah. sad. <laughs> we yeah. were all sad. Yeah, well. <laughs> Everyone's sad all the time. <laughs> well, no, but well, you have emotions <laughs> that you Oh, yeah, we feel yeah. things. <laughs> <laughs> we love Put them in there. Well, there's an openness to your generation, which is amazing, frankly. Agreed. Go that. So what has happened since winning? 
pretty quickly afterwards, my librarian was like, hey, this woman invited you to be a part of this team that goes and competes at the largest slam in the country, maybe in the world, I'm not sure, called Brave New Voices. And I was like, whoa, yeah, I'd love to do that. 100% sign me up. And so I went and met with her and she was like, great. Yeah, here's the thing. We would love to do this competition, but we have to raise, it was like $1,500 by Friday, and that was five days from then. Oh, my God. Um, And I was like, okay, cool. I think I want to do that. That's a lot of money. But I sold a lot of pies. Wait, what? Sold pies? Yeah, I'm a a pie baker. Oh. Make art pies. So I had the idea, I can sell these, raise money for our team, and I call them Pies for Poetry. And how they differ from other pies? They are works of art really they're all different i did some pie trits which is like portraits but i think i'm clever where it's like a face it's all designs with the pie crust Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. there's one that looks like the earth my favorite one probably is called a pot pie on the front is a little hippie like smoking a joint and the joint (laughs) is a pizzelle the like spiral cookie yeah they're pretty sick and how much did that pie go for it depends on what's inside of them so Mm. i think i was selling them for like 30 to 45 dollars my favorite one is the lion head. Oh, that one was gluten-free. Ooh. Yep. And sometimes you'd actually do something to the crust to make it darker, too. Yeah, you use like a milk wash or a egg wash. And what it's a, a great idea. Pies for poetry. Okay. All in all, from donations and pie selling, I raised like almost $2,000. Well done. Um, and then so the top five winners of Verslandia, we went on a Wyden-Kennedy visit and we got to have lunch with John Wyden and tour the building. And they were like, so, you know, what's your plans for after Verslania? And I was like, oh, funny you should ask. This poetry team I'm now very recently a part of, we're trying to go to Texas, but we have to raise a lot of money. Maybe you want to sponsor us. And they were like, oh, maybe we do. So they helped get but yeah, there they as helped, well. That's they wonderful. helped fund us. I would love to thank Wyden Kennedy, uh, any people who donated directly to me, or any of the other poets. I'd like to thank the 1905 and the Emerson House. Uh, any people who bought pies or cookies, Yay. thank you for that. I hope you enjoyed them. So Jackie, you know, was our coach for BMV. She invited me, also Nikki and the Jolly Rapper, and then three others who were already part of the team. Love those kids. And then we, about a week ago, traveled to Houston, Texas. Was it a long night of poetry, or is it like a three-day kind of thing? Oh, it's a five-day thing. And we listened to some wonderful poetry. You're doing workshops. There are night activities like rap battles and open mics. And uh, it was a very incredible experience. After these pies for poetry, I started baking a lot more in general. I started up a small baking company called Go Back to the Kitchen, Feminist Baking. (laughs) (laughs) And in it, you can purchase art pies, regular pies, loaves of bread. And then there's a monthly surprise bread service called Surprise Bread. (laughs) Every month for $10, Mm -hmm. I'll bring you a loaf of bread at a surprise time. And you won't know what it is because I'll make whatever. It'll be delicious. And I'll bring it to you. And it'll be surprise bread. I love it. So how many subscribers do you have? For like five. <laughs> but I love them all. People are just going about their business and then Lucinda like jumps in front of their window yeah. like bread. Art is involved in everything that you do, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm an artist. I'm a comedian. I'm a human being you're a painter you're a pastry chef Mm -hmm. a theme songwriter thank you for doing our jingle Mm -hmm. for peace love and soup 
an all-around Renaissance woman. Wow, the flattery. <laughs> wow. I love it. Oh, and Lucinda's also a great haircutter. She cuts my hair so that I can have art haircuts. Yep. What are you going to give her for Burning Man? Are you giving her a specific look? Play oh, with color? Know. Design? I'm going to shave her head. Are you going <gasps> to shave it? Really? No. Oh, I wasn't aware of this. I didn't know you. Did you want your haircut for Burning Man? I did. I maybe. I, I think this is something Brian's bringing. And this on is us. me. I, surprise! <laughs> surprise! We're both Brad. gonna be bald for Burning Man. <laughs> well, last week we asked a few members of Gen Z the question: What are you gonna be when you grow up? Do <laughs> I love you? That oh, you do love that question? Yeah. Okay, so tell me, what are you gonna be when you oh, grow up? <laughs> I'm gonna be everything. I'm gonna be an artist and a baker and a comedian. I'd love to work on SNL at some point in my life. I, I want to sell art and pies and do freelance illustrative work and animate. I don't know everything. Where do you find the time for all that? I don't know. I don't sleep. <laughs> do you sleep? You don't sleep. <laughs> How would you describe your generation? It's kind of hard because I can speak for all the people I surround myself mm -hmm. with, people who challenge each other and challenge themselves and are passionate about what they do and do a lot of things and, you know, are working to change the world. But then recently I've realized that's not what everyone is. Do you feel like your voice can be heard? Do you have the ability to change the future? Oh, me, myself? Yeah. yeah, I feel empowered. I think I don't do enough to speak up about political things that I really care about. I have other friends who do that more and are like calling politicians and interviewing people. And like, that's really crazy. And that's really awesome. And we need more of that. But unfortunately, I'm not contributing to that as much as I should. Well, I, that just makes me think of we do what we can that we do best. So in sure. my eyes, what I see of you as a young person, you know how to express emotions in a way that people can cozy up to them and accept them or see <laughs> them in themselves, especially using humor that you do. And so maybe that's how you change the world. And I just got goosebumps. Look at that. I just <laughs> got goosebumps too. And I'm going to start crying. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> but before I say goodbye, why do we always leave this for the last question? Oh, do right. you have a favorite soup? I do have a favorite soup. It is sizzling rice soup at a Thai food place called Ten Tao. Oh my gosh, it's my favorite. We get it vegetarian, but with chicken broth. And so it would be like tofu and vegetables. And then they come out with this steaming hot, crispy rice and they pour it on the top of the soup and it crackles and oh, it's the best thing. Yeah, Ooh. we go hard. I'm gonna have to try that then too. Oh, it's good. And then finally, how do people find you and all your things that you're doing? Yeah, if you want to see some of my art, I have an Instagram, which is lucinda.fache.art, L-U-C-I-N-D-A dot F-A-S-C-E dot A-R-T. And then if you want to order some pies or some bread, that's Go Back to the Kitchen Baking Co. on Instagram. And your music? I never put up my music. Oh. Nope. We got an exclusive on that then. Yeah, we do. Thank heavens for us. Yep. All right. Well, thanks again, okay. kid. We love right. you. You're awesome. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. 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 Love you.
You're listening to Peace, Love, and Soup with Tave Fashe Drake and Brian Joseph Patrick Delaney. Closing today's show with the midterm elections just weeks away, we thought it important to share this quote from Malala Yousafzai, author of I Am Malala. When the whole world is silent, even one voice becomes powerful. summer with the younger generation was a reminder to actively keep creating our future. And I personally feel recharged and ready to make change and even have a little fun with it. What about you, Brian? Well, I feel so full of zeal that we're going to Burning Man. (gasps) I got a top hat that's going to come in handy for that. Join us next month for Playa Soup and Art at Burning Man. Can't wait. Special thanks to Avery and his band Atlas for the music. Be sure and check them out at atlasband.bandcamp.com. Also check out our photos, recipes, and links online at kboo.fm slash peaceloveandsoup. Please like us on Facebook. Find us on SoundCloud. And follow us on Instagram. At peaceloveandsoup. listening to peace love and soup nice and what about with culture oh Wait my god how Wait, long is, is your title <laughs> holy god <laughs> what's it called it's called hey fellas i'm hungry and have to pee okay okay, okay. Wait. send it one other thing <laughs> <laughs>